12. Y'all doing good tonight? Yeah. Awesome. Now, you may be wondering, who's that extremely attractive man standing on the stage? Well, it's Brad. It's Brad. That's who it is. It's not me. Um, appreciate but yes, that, man. what I wanted y'all to know is we are in week four of our trending series talking about the cultural things happening in the world around you and how you should respond and how we should respond as the church. So I have asked one of my friends to come and speak to us tonight. His name is Brad Scarberry. Say, hey, Brad. Give him a loud. Yeah. What's up? You should embarrass him with how loud you are about him being here. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's go. good. There are like three I'm girls really excited that you're here. Everybody else can yeah, yeah. care less. Basically. I'm going to talk okay. to this awesome. crowd right here. Yeah. So Brad's a good friend of mine. He's a pastor here at the church. He's in our residency program and a pastor out of the Hamilton Mill campus. Helps out with students over there, so some of you may already know Brad, but I've asked Brad to come and speak and give tonight's word, so make sure you pay attention, um, because I will quiz you later. No, I won't, uh, but he might. So, good. Brad, it is your floor. Have fun. Thanks, bro. Make sure that you um, embarrass him, please. That's good. Thanks, time. Matt. Yeah. Thank Man, you here, it is awesome to be here with y'all. I am so excited. Like Matt said, my name is Brad, and I am a resident here uh, at 12 Stone. Uh, a little bit about me. I am actually married. I actually I have a picture of me and my wife, I believe. Yeah, so this is us. Yeah, come on. That's Brycey. She Is she here? Bryce, you here? No? All right, cool. We got a seat. She should be here at some point. This is us. We just went on a cruise uh, to Grand Cayman and Cozumel. Man, Cozumel is off the chain. We, uh, we rented scooters, um, which is a terrible idea in, in Mexico. Uh, it's very scary, uh, and so I would not recommend that. But outside of that, it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're also expecting our first child, so that's uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Uh, it's a boy. We're kind of kicking around some names right now. But it's just kind of a crazy season in life. I actually feel a lot like I'm back in college because when you're in college, everybody kind of asks you, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, I don't know, bro. I, I have no idea. With me, I, I feel like I have a better answer. It's like, yeah, I still don't know, but it's okay because I'm going to have a kid. So it's not really, a, it's not really an issue. So it's, it's a lot like college. Uh, but I remember back to my days uh, in, in school and does anybody, like, have a friend that was, like, I mean, just talked you into terrible ideas? And you're like, man, that's a bad idea, but, like, you're so convincing. Yes, that was me. I was that guy in school. So, like, I talked people in to just terrible, terrible ideas. Uh, and actually, one night, I got talked into a terrible idea. I was friends uh, with an ex-Army Ranger who was the security guard at our school. Yeah, come on for Army. Uh, and so he was the security guard. And one of my friends, we were kind of walking around one night, and he said, oh, Brad, you should see this thing that Matt can do. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, bro, Matt, like, put me in a sleeper hold last year. It was awesome. You should do it. I was like, man, I feel like I shouldn't, but I did. And so we went, and we're, like, we're kind of, like, standing on a stage like this, and we're in the chapel, and he's like, I did, come here. And he's got me like this, and so I'm kind of, like, looking back, and he's a, he's a, big, he's a big dude. And he's like, all right, bro, this is going to suck really bad for like five seconds. And then you won't remember anything. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, Matt. And then he just kind of clinched up, right? And he's got me. And sure enough, it sucked a lot for like five seconds. And then I fell asleep. Uh, and when I woke back up, there was like a girl in the room. And there's like some other people. And the girl is like in the corner crying. And Matt's like above me like this. You're good, bro. You're good. You're good. Like slapping me in the face, right? And that's how I knew I wasn't good. I, I knew something was wrong. But that was like, that kind of defines my 
uh, my college days. So it is cool to be back here with y'all. I'm excited to kind of get to hang out. Uh, tonight, again, we're in trending, uh, and what I want to talk to you guys about uh, is, is success. So success is something that kind of we all want. I mean, does anybody in here not want to be successful? Like, I just want to suck and live on my mom's couch, like, for the rest of my life. Like, one guy? Yeah, probably. Okay, this guy back here, good. Yeah, so, like, you, you, everybody in here wants to be successful, but it's hard to navigate how to be a Christian and chase success. And, and the world defines success as, as something that the Bible says it isn't. And, and listen to me, I, I kind of want to say this right off the top. Success isn't a bad thing in itself. It's when we compromise what we believe to get it is when it becomes bad. So success isn't a bad thing, like to have a nice house or, or money or, or cars or a job to support your family. Like, that's not a bad thing. I don't want to kill, like, drive and ambition tonight. I just want to talk about how we navigate through that as Christians. And, um, girls, I think that some of you kind of you get this because um, from a very, uh, a very young age, uh, basically since high school, you have been trying really hard uh, not to fail. And so I think that, and, and here, give me, give me just a second. I think that the culture telling us to be successful and to chase after this success gives us just like this terrible fear of failure. And, and girls, since high school, you've been trying so, so hard to not become your worst fear, which is being like an old cat lady, right? Like to end up single and alone. And a cat, like girls, I know, guys, pens out. Like I'm, gonna about, I'm about to like introduce you into like the mind of a woman right now. So if you have pens, guys, this is notes. I'm married. I know very little, but this is something I do know. So girls, like you have like a complex like algorithm that you have decided is just true. And where it came from, I don't know. You don't know. It's just, you just say, yeah, that's probably right. So at 24, you say, man, I've got to, like, meet the guy I'm going to marry at 24. And then i got to start dating him, and i got to date him for two years. Why? I don't know. That's just what I feel like I need to do. And, like, this is just true for you guys. Like, and... What, like, what happens if that doesn't come true? Like if you don't meet that guy at 24 and you don't date him at 26, then you're like, crap, what do I do now? And so inevitably you turn to like online dating. So you're on Christian Mingle, you're on Farmers Only, you're on blackpeoplemeet.com. Like you're chewing this stuff up, you're typing it in, you're trying to chase stuff down, and it never works. Like I don't want to brag on internet dating, but I'm going to because it doesn't work, right? So it's just bad. And like one day you're kind of driving and you're kind of lonely and like you drive past like this animal shelter and... And you go in and you get one cat. It's one cat, right? It's not a big deal. One cat isn't going to ruin anything. And, like, you get this cat and it's, like, nice and sweet, right? And you're feeling a little bit better. And then this just kind of puts you into just, like, a spiral downward into just, like, a cat-buying spree. And, like, every time you see a cat, you're putting it in your purse and, like, bringing it home. And then, like, 10 years go by and you're 40 and single and you smell like cat pee all the time because you have 30 cats, like, running your house. And it's awful. And this is your worst fear, right? Like, that's terrifying. And, girls, listen, that's, you know, it's, it's funny and it was kind of, you know, joking when, when I say that. But let me tell you why this is somewhat true because culture says that you're defined by who you end up with. Your success is defined by who you end up with. And guys, we, we live in this too. We're, de we're defined by what kind of job we have or what title is in front of our name or even what kind of education we have. And we feel so defined by the accomplishments and the success that we have in this world. And listen to me. Again, it's not a bad thing. Chase those things down. 
But it's when we compromise what we believe that this starts to take a toll on our faith. And so I, I, would, I would just kind of submit or say that either the life that God has promised us is a lie or culture is lying. See, both can't be true. See, the, see culture's definition of success can't be true and God's defini- de- definition of success can't be true both at the same time. True? They're, they're opposing. Again, it's not a bad thing, but it's opposing. And so we have to try to figure out how to navigate, how to navigate this. And, and I kind of want to jump into um, a little bit of a case study of a, a guy in the Bible. His name's Daniel, and I, I think Matt said that you guys had talked about him a little bit. Daniel has been taken from his homeland. He's brought into this new culture where he doesn't really know anything, and they're about to teach him this new theology and philosophy of what success is. And, and he's brought out of this and, and him and a, and a few buddies, and I, I kind of want to pick up there in Daniel 1. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 3. I believe this is 881 in the Worship Center Bible, 881. Uh, if you guys want to follow along, I'm going to jump right in. This is verse 3. Then the king ordered Asnaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language, the literature, and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. And they were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. Among those were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, to Hananiah he called Shadrach, to Mishael he called Meshach, and to Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine that the king had given him. So, in this, I think there's two things Daniel would tell us about success. Two things Daniel would tell us about success in this new culture uh, in this kind of new area that he's in in life. And I think it's a lot like what we're going through right now in America. So there's a definition of our culture that has success. And then we're chasing this thing, uh, our faith, and we're chasing God. And we're trying to figure out what the definition of success is with that. And so I think there's two things Daniel would say. First thing, I think he would say, we all make a choice to believe culture or the Bible when it comes to success. We all make a choice to believe culture or the Bible when it comes to success. Now, let me tell you why I think that. I think that it would have been very easy for Daniel to just kind of forget everything that he had learned before from where he was at. I mean, I mean, the first thing that we kind of see Daniel struggle with is the food that, we're, that, he's, that he's brought, right? He's like, man, I'm not going to defile myself with the food and the wine that has been put in front of me. I'm not going to do that. But how easy would it have been just to, to say, man, God, you've, you've, you've left me. I don't know where you're at, and I'm, I'm in this new place with, without any direction, and they're making me do something, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to go along with it. Surely you'll forgive me. It's just food, right? Like so easy he could have said that, and I think that we do this so often. We use that word just, and I think that word just is the great enemy of obedience, This word just is the great enemy of obedience because we use it to justify our actions to get what we want. So, man, we say, it's just oral sex. I know I'm not married, and I know I shouldn't, but everyone else is doing it, and it's just. 
It's just, and we, and we justify the things, and it's so, so easy to skim across what God has so clearly said, this is wrong, and I want you to follow me. To just say, man, Jesus, everyone else is doing it, and it's just. Right, you see that, you see that compromise? You see what you're, what you're giving up there, and, and, and listen, you can totally compromise your faith. You can, you can give it up. You can chase everything that the world has to offer you. You can chase everything that the world has to offer you and end up empty, but you don't have to. You don't have to. The second thing I think that Daniel would say to us is that if you forget who defines you, you will forget what success is. You see, the first thing that they do when Daniel comes into this new country is they change his name. Right? Did you guys see that? I think, I think it's verse, uh, verse 7. Uh, the chief official gave, them new, na- gave new names uh, to Daniel. The name Belteshar to Hananiah, Shadrach to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So the first thing that he does is he redefines who he is. I, I actually I did a little bit of a, of a word study on these names. And so Daniel's first name, his real name, uh, is or, or means God is my judge. Okay, so Daniel means God is my judge. And this new name is um, Belteshar, and, and it means Bel's prince. And so immediately we see what they're trying to do to Daniel. They're saying, Daniel, why do you want to be judged by a God when you could be a God? Daniel, why do you want to be judged by a God when you could be a God? And, and, and culture and the world tells us the same thing. Hey, Brad, why do you want to come under the authority of a God when you could rule yourself? Why do you want to come under obedience to a God when you could be God of your life? And listen, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that we talk about this much um, as Christians, and I think maybe we should talk about it more, but there is a risk in following Jesus. Like, there's, you, you know that. That's truth. There's a, there's a risk in that. There's a risk in that. And, and listen, you may, you may lose your life following Jesus. Maybe not. You may lose your life following Jesus. But I can guarantee you'll lose your soul following the world. And the difference is eternity. Like, you see that? You can lose your life and still have your eternity certain, but if you lose your soul, you're missing something there. Oh, and the culture just totally wants us to get this, and Daniel knows this, and he sees this a mile away, and he knows that if he chases what success is defined as in this new country, that he'll end up empty. He'll end up empty. We know that this is true. How many of you um, know Michael Jordan? Anybody know Michael Jordan? Of course you do. Come on. It's Michael Jordan. By far the most successful basketball player ever. I don't care what you say about LeBron. I'm on the stage, so I get to decide. MJ is the best in this room. Okay? So Michael Jordan, he is the man, right? I mean, done all this stuff. And I actually read an article um, on him not, not too long ago when he just turned 50, uh, I believe a couple months ago. Uh, and they're talking about all the things that he's doing and the success that he has and the deals with the, the Jordan and just the crazy amounts of money that Michael Jordan has. And at the end of this article, listen to this, at the end of this article he says, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with the next 20 to 30 years of my life without basketball. And you're like, what? All right, Michael, you got more money than I'll ever see, and, and not, not only that, but he's got a wife and, and kids, and, and the dude doesn't know what he's going to do 
with the next 20 to 30 years of his life without basketball? You want to know why? Because he let basketball define who he was, and now basketball is gone. True? He let basketball define who he was, and now basketball is gone. And listen, we can do this too. Right? You can get into a relationship that you let define you, and how quickly can that relationship be taken? How fast can that be pulled away from you? What are you letting define you? The Bible tells us that this world is like a vapor, and if you let anything of this world define who you are, eventually you're going to end up empty and lost. Empty and lost. And this is what the world has to offer when we talk about success. Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. Success isn't bad. Be ambitious. Take new ground. Build something. Chase something. Like, be men and women of God that chase after, like, amazing things. But don't forget what you're chasing foremost. Oh, if God isn't, isn't so much higher above than what, we are, what we're chasing on this earth, we're totally totally missing it. Oh, we're missing it. Um, I, think, uh, I think that there's a couple things um, that, that I see in this. And, and so, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're talking about this. We're like, okay, Brad, I, I get it. I get it. The world is empty. If I chase success as the world defines it, I'll end up empty. If I let the world define me, I'll end up empty. I get that. What do I do with it? What do I do? What do I do with that? I'm glad you asked because I have notes on that. So I'm going to tell you. So, number one, first thing uh, I think we have to do in this is we have to pursue obedience at all costs. Pursue obedience at all costs. Listen, there was a risk in, in what Daniel was doing, right? There was a risk in what he did. It, it was a risk for him just to say, hey, man, I don't want any of the king's food or the king's wine. The king totally could have killed him. Point blank. No, no questions asked. All right, you know what? You're going to talk back. You're done. There was a risk in what he was doing. We need to pursue obedience at all costs. And, 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 you know, you might, not ever, you might not ever be faced with death in a risk, but you might have to risk a relationship that you shouldn't be in to pursue obedience. True? You might have to risk losing a dating relationship that you know isn't healthy for you to pursue obedience. But man, I, I, gotta, I gotta get married at some point. I gotta do this. The world says I need to win this. I have to go. And, and, and it's just, and we're, and we're doing it again. We're, we're just totally skipping obedience to try to pursue what the world says is best for us. Pursue obedience. Pursue obedience at all costs. Uh, the second thing I think we have to do is resolve to chase God. Resolve to chase God. The first uh, or the, the last verse we kind of see um, Daniel make his line in the sand, verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He resolved. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that's a big deal. Because belief without resolve is empty. Belief without resolve means nothing. I can tell you that I believe something all day long, but if I don't actually act on it when it's time to act on it, it doesn't mean anything. True? Do you believe what you say you believe? Do you buy into what you say 
You believe, and, and listen, this, again, we go back to, there's a cost to this. You give up things, but do you believe what you say you believe? He had resolved before he even knew what was going to happen. King, you can kill me, but I'm not, I'm not going to give up what I know is right. I'm going to pursue obedience. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give this up. There's a, um, there's a story that uh, Pastor Kevin Queen told uh, several years ago. Um, about a young man that he met on a, on a mission trip. Um, and this, this young man began to tell him his story. And he was raised uh, in, in, a, in a Muslim home. Uh, and so from a very young age, he was brought up in that belief. At 13, he was asked to commit his first assassination uh, on, on his neighbor that was believed to be a, a spy uh, for the opposing side. And, and so he grew up in this kind of a world. He grew up in, in, in these kind of beliefs, and, and man, he just never really bought in. He's like, man, I just, I don't know if I think this is right. Uh, and, and one night, he's on his computer, and he's kind of going through Facebook, and, and he sees a lady uh, that has Christian in her profile. Uh, and so he asks her a question, and he starts to kind of talk to her, and through a series of, of emails, um, he gives his life to Christ and, and starts pursuing him, and and it's amazing, uh, and he continues to have conversations with this, with this lady, and one night he falls asleep at the computer, and he leaves the conversation open. And his brother comes up behind him and, and sees it and, and reads it, and he, he wakes his brother up, and he says, okay, I'll go get father. The brother immediately knew what this meant, <clears throat> because in this culture, there would be an honor killing. See, when you change face, they, they believe that you should be put to death. Uh, and, and so this young man, he, he takes off, he flees, he runs uh, into another area, and, and he gets hooked up with some people that really start to pour into him and, and, and train him and equip him, and he's growing in his knowledge and his faith and his love in the Lord, uh, and he chases this, um, and eventually he has to go back to his country because his visa is, is about to run out. He knew there, there's a great risk in this. He knew that um, it, it could cost him uh, his life because he knew his family could possibly find out. Um, and so he goes on Facebook the morning uh, that he's about to go back into his country, and what, what he writes is, he says, whether I live, I live for Christ. Whether I die, I die for Christ. Whether I live, whether I die, it's all for Christ. And, and that was the last time that we actually ever heard um, from him again, we, we believe that his family found him as he got into the border and uh, it killed him. But there was no question that what this young man believed, he lived out. There was no question. He knew where his definition of success lied. Success wasn't defined by, by money for him, but by true and, and heartfelt obedience, even to the point of death, for the king that died for him. And, and guys, I get, I get that we'll never, <laughs> we'll probably never be in a situation like that. But what's so frustrating to me is that sounds so cool. But as soon as I'm in a position to where I have to sacrifice how people see me, I quickly compromise my faith. Man, even, even, as, I, even as I wrote this, I just... I beg God that I could just get over the middle school desire to, like, be liked. 
that I could just get over this just need within me for people to give me approval. Even as I, as I thought about coming up here, I just had to pray for God to kill that in me because is my, is my faith so little that I'll compromise everything that I say I believe in, everything that I stand for, for someone that I don't even know to like me? Guys, there's, there's success that this world has to offer, but I, I, would, I would say that it's not near worth as much as what God is offering us in his word. And, and, and again, there's risk in it. It's not easy. Nobody ever said it was. The, the Bible tells us, in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. We have to redefine how we view success. We have to redefine how we view success. Is, is success money and cars and, and girls and flashy things, or is success true obedience to the king that died for you? Oh, that's so hard. I get it. It's so hard. But, but we, have to, we have to try to figure out how to, how to chase success, but not ever let it elevate over what we're doing with the Lord. Oh, chase what he has for you so much more. Chase what he has for you far beyond what you chase in this world. Um, not standing up here as someone that says, I have this figured out, but I'm standing up here saying that I know this is true and I'm going to give everything I have to pursue that. I'm not going to match that every day. I'm not going to hit that target. But man, I know the truth that it is far better. It's far better than anything this world has to offer me. I pray that this is encouraging to you. It's challenging to you. But more than that, I, I pray that this isn't just a message that you just hear and quickly leaves you. I, I spent um, a good amount uh, of time in prayer just praying that God would convict you in the areas that you need conviction in. Maybe tonight you need to go have a conversation with a girlfriend or a boyfriend because you're just blowing it, bro. Like you're, you're, you're crossing boundaries, you're doing stuff that you know isn't right, and you continue to live in it. Maybe you'll come on Thursday night and, and be a Christian here or come on Sunday morning and, and, and raise your hands and pursue what God has for you here. But then as soon as you get back out on Monday morning, you're pursuing success in the business world. And, and, and you'll, you'll chase that at all costs. I pray that this challenge you. I, pray, I, think, I think God has something for us in this. And, and if you would submit and, and allow him to search you and to know you. Say, God, show me where I'm doing this. God, show me where I'm buying into what the world is saying. Show me where I'm buying into what the world is changing my name to. We, we sang earlier, I'm no longer a slave to sin. What if we're no longer slaves to success either? I am a child of God. That's my identity. That's what defines me. That's who I am. Let's pray. God, I thank you uh, for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, um, to speak and, and to, to pray. And God, honestly, just to battle um, with this group of people, uh, in something like success. God, we ask um, 
that you would show us what your true meaning of success is. God, that you would teach us how to chase what you have for us. God, we, we believe help our unbelief. God, we need you. God, we need you. Teach us how to chase you more than the things of this world. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray.